Hello, everyone. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Vasilis. We run Changemaker Z, a student-run initiative that aims to empower, educate, and connect Gen Zers interested in entrepreneurship. We interview teenagers with impactful projects and create resources to help you change the world. If they can do it, so can you. On this podcast, we discuss the logistics of creating different types of projects with Gen Zers who have already done it. We will leave our social media and website information in the description. Welcome to another episode of the Gen Zers to Rise podcast. Today's episode is about the SDG 4GY organization, a youth-led initiative that aims to spread awareness and educate about the SDGs as well as create accessible projects for everyone. With us in the studio is Maria Turanova, the founder of SDG 4GY, which stands for Sustainable Development Goals for Global Youth. Maria is interested in international relations and concern for our planet. She has volunteered at organizations such as MUN Impact, Tourette's Syndrome, and Synergy International. What these organizations have in common is that they are all youth-led and aim to educate nowadays youth. The fact that there are a few organizations for youth under 18 to volunteer and force her to start the SDG for GY. Maria, welcome to the show. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. It's a great honor for me to be here. So we already talked a little bit about why you started uh, SDG 4GY uh, because there wasn't a lot of opportunities uh, for youth volunteers. But what was your motivation? To be honest, it really all started because I was actually a little bit bored on one of my internships over summer. And I thought, okay, let me go online and see what there's out there for me to do. And there wasn't much. Either it was all in the US and I live very far from the US, or it just wasn't available for people who are under 18. Um, and then I started looking and then I started talking to a few friends. But then like, as I was working on the organization, I started to realize that a lot of youth nowadays don't care about pretty much anything that has to do, like, that is not their interest. So they don't care what's going on about like global issues, what's happening with the environment what is going on in different places. And it just honestly made me kind of upset to see that it is hard to even like talk to these uh, kind of people because it's hard to make them understand why, for example, I go on the weekends to clean up the beach, why uh, my parents and I are so interested in gardening because they just don't understand. And my motivation was to create this organization that has a platform that is really easy and clear for anyone, no matter if you're 14, 12, 10, 25, you can still understand it because it's clear, there's visual images for you to understand. And my motivation was really just to educate like people and show them that this is what is happening with our world right now. And if we don't act, no one really knows what's gonna happen then. So I think that's honestly my prime uh, motivation. And I love that you're doing this um, through social media, too, because I feel like, you know, people you're saying like people don't really care. And I agree. I feel like 
when we talk about these big issues, you kind of feel like you can't do anything about it. So you don't even really take the time to try to learn about it or, and like, I'm sorry, but Gen Z, we're a little bit lazy. I feel like we're a little bit lazy because all of like, we grew up in a world of technology and everything is so accessible to us. So if we don't find it in like 2.2 seconds, we're not going to like most of the time take the time to really seek it out sometimes. So I like that it's on social media. Like we're already on there. I I 100% agree. It's something that, yeah, as a teenager, when I was a bit younger, when I was around maybe 13, 14, I always thought like, oh, I I can't really do anything about it. Okay, I get a tote bag, but like, is that really going to change anything? Not really. But it's just, I realized that if we get at least 10 people doing it, then we get those 10 people telling 10 of their friends. That's we're going to multiply. Those opinions are going to spread. And then eventually there will be a certain change. It might be small. It might be big. But it will be a change after all. I would like to ask you something really important for our listeners. We have done an episode before about the SDGs with the de-incentive trains, but many of the listeners are brand new. So would you like to explain to us what SDG stands for and what exactly is that? Yeah, so SDGs are Sustainable Development Goals and they were made up by the United Nations or the UN. Uh, And they are a collection of 17 goals, all aiming for different things, such as no hunger, zero poverty, um, gender equality, reduced inequality. And it's just those goals that I guess to some people who haven't really learned much about them will sound a bit utopic because they stream for a better world. But the main aim of these goals is to achieve at least a certain amount of balance for everyone in the world by 2030. And it's not, it doesn't only take care of... Which is not uh, far away. <laughs> sorry? Yeah, it is not. Um, uh, it doesn't only take care of the human population on this earth, on this planet, but it also takes care of the animals, the coral reefs, the nature, the trees, everything. So, I think, unfortunately, I'm scared to say this, but I don't feel like we will achieve some of these goals by 2030, seeing by how slow the progress is and how so many people are still ignorant. So, I actually know the Nancy twins. Uh, I've talked to them a lot, and I know that they actually made a petition that is actually signed by multiple UN officials to get the SDGs and to get like that whole idea and the goals into educative uh, syllabuses and curriculums so that teens, kids learn about them from an early age because it's something that should be in, in the curriculum. So I know that for my school, we've actually did, like we actually did learn about SDGs um, in PSHE classes, I'm not sure if you guys know what it is, but like personal health. What kind of classes? PSHE. Oh, I've never heard of that. They're basically like personal health, uh, social, economic, education classes. And it basically just talks about like different life things. And we actually talk a lot about global citizenship and the SDGs. 
You know what the world needs right now? More male businesses. Said no one ever. Did you know that 88% of all women-owned businesses generate less than 100k yearly? Only 4.2% of women hit 1 million in annual revenue. Well, Cubicle to CEO is a media company elevating the financial footprint of women entrepreneurs through their award-winning podcasts, digital programs, and events. They are making mentorship more accessible to all women. Personally, listening to other entrepreneurs and change makers has been a huge motivator in my life. That's part of the reason I joined in Dears to Rise. No, it's not just because I like to talk. Cubicle the CEO, hosted by Ellen Yin, is a weekly show bringing you case study interviews with leading entrepreneurs and CEOs so you can borrow a specific new revenue growth strategy from each guest that has already been successfully implemented into their own business. You'll love Ellen's transparent quarterly income report episodes, where she shares exactly what her media company makes, spends, and profits every 90 days. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to past income reports on Cubicle to CEO today. Plus, receive free access to your first 10K month roadmap and a bonus workbook by going to our special link. I got y'all. It's zen.ai slash genzceo. That's zen.ai slash genzceo. See you there. I love that. Like, I, I, that's really amazing that they're trying to get that implemented into schools. I think, like, a problem is that we're, like, the urgency of these problems are not getting stressed that much. Because I even forget sometimes, like, it's urgent. Like, this is not something that we can wait, you know, because it, it, it'll affect our lifetime. It already is. Some of these, like, sustainable goals. So, you can't just sit back and wait. Like, things are changing and can't go back now. Um, so, and I wanted to ask, what are some of the accessible projects that you have done at SDG 4GY? Well, okay, so we, at our organization, we kind of split the project idea into two different things. We have ongoing projects that are basically just happening all the time. So it could be a beach cleanup. Um, it could be go out to help some homeless shelters. It could be cook for people who are, well, homeless people. Um, it could be grow like a tree in your garden. And those are our ongoing projects. That means they could be done anywhere in the world, anytime, with anyone, no matter how old you are, you know, with your friends, with your family, by yourself, it doesn't matter. Those are our ongoing projects. And the second, I would say, the second part, is the local projects that we have and those are a bit more specific and are time-based so for example while i was at home with my parents i had a project that um, i gathered donations from different teens in the area and then i ended up donating them to a local foundation which was called uh, father ray foundation um, and they basically supply and uh, take care of kids with special needs and any homeless kid, undocumented, and they give them a home, education, healthcare, food, and of course, friends. 
and I donated different school supplies, uh, books, clothes, and that was the ongoing project that we had over in Thailand for a couple of weeks. And uh, most recent project, I think just finished a few days ago, was one over in Kazakhstan. Uh, we have two members of our organization are actually from Kazakhstan, so they were the ones who were in charge of it. And uh, I think they also gathered donations and donated them to a local thrift store and um, a local mosque. I love that. And it's good. Like you have, you know, you have different projects around the world, but you also focus on local too. It gets me thinking, like, what are some uh, different projects I can maybe start around my school? Because I live in North Philadelphia, which is like poverty stricken. Like, it's like kind of a low income area of the neighborhood. So I could definitely like, you know, kind of thinking of ways I can make a change. Yeah, like, I know that with uh, my school, I'm hoping on making different projects, for example, like fundraising. And then with all the funds that we've raised, I would, we would go into a shop and buy like sanitary products and menstrual products for like homeless girls and teenagers and women who are in need of those things. But because I live in such an expensive country, they're just not accessible to everyone. So that are, that's a project that I'm really hoping to do with my school. And um, I mean, if there are any, if there's anyone who has a project idea and would like it to be spread on social media and that like, if they would like to collaborate with our organization and say like, oh, look, we can do this on behalf of you. I would love it anywhere in the world it could be. Um, but I think another aim of our organization is to kind of give those ideas to people. Like, oh, here's something that you can do in your town or here's something that you can do to help. Like, uh, I'm sure we just released a post about climate change and about the intense heat waves that a lot of countries have been having recently. And there's just like really small things that people just don't really think of because they're so small. So like there's example like putting a little bowl of water outside for the wildlife what for the wildlife to get some water. And yeah, I just really hope that we can get a lot of projects started with different schools, different unis, colleges around the world. I think it'll be awesome. That's amazing. I'm glad you brought that up because we are going to ask our next question is how people get involved. So you heard her. If you want to check out her site um, on Instagram, um, we'll have that link down below. But go get some ideas. You, you just mentioned that you can do stuff through SDG4. I don't know why that's so hard for you to say. SDG4GY. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can even start a change at your own school. Yeah. Right now, we are looking for different partnerships and collaborators. Um, yeah, so if there's any questions, like feel free to email us. I'm sure I'll, I'll just send you the email, guys. Uh, you can email us with any questions that you have, and I will forward it to our global advocates team who will be in charge of all those partnerships. And we're hoping to get partnerships with different schools and colleges. And also, there's also other ways that people get can get involved with our organization. It's not only for those projects, but we're constantly looking for new people to join our team. Uh, our applications are always open. They're very easy. They're super quick. Um, we have the social media team, which uh, create our Instagram posts and just other like marketing content. Um, 
We've also got the Global Advocates team. They just spread the word, get outreach, get partnerships. And we also got the research and writing team. So that is just articles that uh, are written by university high school students um, and they get published. And usually those articles are about the different goals and their progress in different countries. So that'll be out soon as well. Yeah. And you don't, I didn't, I didn't catch where you're from, but you don't have to be where Maria is. You can be remote, right? Yeah. Anywhere. It's really, we have a team in almost, I think every single continent. We have uh, people from Mexico, the United States, uh, Switzerland, Russia, Kazakhstan, Thailand, Vietnam. It's, it's really international. And for example, in the organization, I only know the co-founder and a few other people who came from my side and who are my friends and who decided to join. But the rest, it was just, they just saw our Instagram page and decided to join. So yeah, it's really, it's pretty much remote. And that's what I think makes it so accessible and easy is that you can do it from anywhere. And yeah. I was just, okay. So I um, was like, cause my school recently had a club fair and there's something called period. So guys, um, follow period movement on Instagram if you're interested in this stuff, because they are also like a, like a global foundation trying to work with, um, to get free period products. And I honestly, I'd like to have a whole episode on that. Like period products should be free. Um, but yeah, so, cause it's an essential need. So I want to ask, do you think that your background with the MUN has led you to be more motivated and take action? If yes, Absolutely. Why? Absolutely, it has. More than 100% it has. At first, when I first moved to the school, um, I took MUN as a credit because I knew it looked good for universities and I never really thought I'll go far with it. But then after my first conference, I think it was in Singapore, I got really interested and I got really actually invested in those like global affairs. So I started working a bit more on it and actually my MUN director helped me out um, look for things and that's when I was introduced to MUN Impact and MUN Impact is a really big organization that uh, really blew up during COVID because they were giving free mentoring sessions um, about MUN and their main focus is actually the sustainable development goals. And I think that working in that organization, I worked as a mentor for those kids and then a lead mentor. And then I was a co-deputy secretary general of the European region. And our job was just basically um, managing people who would get outreach in Europe. And it has really inspired me to take my like to take steps a bit further with MUN. And that's when I wrote, I think, a 40-page MUN guide. And I realized that MUN at my school should be more student-led. And that's when I contacted my MUN director and uh, made a decision to make the club more student-led with having me running it instead of the MUN director and making it a bit more fun and yeah, making it a bit more fun and relaxed, not having it as a, like, a proper class. Um, and then uh, I decided to take a step even further this summer and decided to make my organization because I was always interested in doing something, but 
again, as I said, I, I couldn't really find anything to do um, in my age, so I decided to make something that would be accessible to everyone. Amazing, amazing. Uh, so you created that, You there wasn't a door, you created it for yourself, which I love. That's also, so I think that's, uh, you know, kind of reminds me of like Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, there wasn't a space for him, so he created the space. So um, I want to ask you kind of, and like for our final kind of question, where do you see, where do you want, or where do you see SDG 4GY in the future? And was there like, you know, anything else you want to share with us today? Yeah, well, for the future, I just really hope to see this organization go far, go big, um, just get so many more people participating and just find those like youth that want to do something but just don't know how and kind of like push them into that world of taking action and becoming activists and standing up for what you think. And I just, I think that in the future, SDG for DY will definitely have tons of projects going on at the same time in so many different parts of the world. Um, I know that for university, I'm hoping on continuing with this uh, project idea and taking action, taking steps forward with um, education. That's something that I'm really interested in is quality education uh, for people. And I'm really hoping on traveling the world and, you know, donating things, helping out, trying to do my best to make an impact in this world. And something else that I want to say uh, is probably a little advice for young people, especially uh, teens who would like to take action but are really scared of what other people will think. And my advice is just don't listen to them. Don't listen to what other people say. There will always be people who will doubt you, question you, or even envy you, but you can't really do anything about that. If you keep listening to them and just, you know, taking in all their negative advice, then you won't go anywhere, you won't make an impact, you won't, you won't be anything. But if you just decide one day that you stop listening to them and you'll move on, and you'll make something great. And yeah, and there's always, there'll be tons of people that will be supporting you. There, it's just like, you'll be prepared for such like a wonderful experience and such an amazing adventure. So I just said, don't listen. Thank you so much for sharing your insightful thoughts. That's really, really important. And I think that all the listeners um, are very welcome for your for sharing that. I think that this is the end of the episode. Thank you very much, Maria, for being with us today and sharing your thoughts around the flood organizations and the impact of SDG or GY. Thank you very much. So don't forget to install the Change Maker Z app, the social change app for Gen Z that features exclusive content from our friends at thread.com, several other resources and our podcast episodes. But until next time, do not forget to change the world. Bye! Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. We had such a great time. Make sure to leave us a review. If you want more Changemakers content, you can follow us on Instagram at Gen Zers to Rise and on Facebook at Changemaker Z. Please.